have your Bibles tonight, the book of Mark, chapter number one. The book of Mark, chapter number one. I want to read tonight verses 40 through 45. You would stand to your feet as we reverence the reading of God's precious word. Mark, chapter one, verses 40 through 45. And there came a leper to him beseeching him and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus, moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. And he straightly charged him and forthwith sent him away. And saith unto him, See thou, say nothing to any man, but go thy way. Show thyself to the priest and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But he went out and began to publish it much and to blaze abroad the matter insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places. And they came to him from every quarter. Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45, if correctly read. Y'all pray for us tonight as we preach on this thought, the master's touch. How we need the master's touch may say, Preacher Darren, I've already received the master's touch. Well, thank God for it. But I'm telling you, the average person needs human contact about eight to ten times a day. We need the master's touch even more than that. I need a fresh touch from Jesus tonight. Father, would you help us, Lord, as we look into your word Father, I pray you'd help us to rightly divide the word of truth. Fill us, Father, with the fragrance from glory. Help us to preach the oracles of God with the ability only you can grant. Father, I cannot. Lord, I, I'm, just, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm unable, unqualified, unworthy. But tonight, Lord, you've allowed us to be in this place. God, would you help us then to preach from this text. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated tonight. Jesus certainly has authority over all things. He has authority over disease. He has authority over demons. He has authority over disaster. Why? He even has authority over death. Amen? What did he do for Lazarus? What did he do for Jairus' daughter? What did he do for the widow there at Nain whose boy was dead. Now, Jesus had said in Matthew 28, 18 that all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. So Jesus has all authority. Just spend one day with Jesus. Mark's writing here. He says Jesus has called his disciples. Jesus uh, goes then into the synagogue and he counsels with his doctrine. And then a man with an unclean spirit, when Jesus is preaching the light... When Jesus is preaching life, this man filled with an unclean spirit began to cry out and Jesus cast the demon 
out of this man. Note that the demon was in the synagogue. He wasn't in the bar room. He wasn't down at the middle of the party. He was in the middle of the synagogue. And I promise you, that demon will be around tonight to try to oppress and get you distracted and get you away from the truths of the Word of God. After they finished the day, that day at the synagogue, the service, they went to Simon Peter's house where they ran into a situation with his mother-in-law having a severe fever. And Jesus cares for our despair. He cast that, that he rebuked that fever and healed that woman and raised her up. Thank God for it. And the Bible says people started bringing others to Jesus. I mean, all kinds of sickness. I don't know if it was cancer and all kinds of issues, but Jesus healed every disease. He healed everyone that had any kind of problem. In fact, on into the night, he healed and healed and healed and finally was able to go to bed, get some rest. He got up early the next morning. He slipped out three, four, or five o'clock and went off to a solitary place to pray. When Simon and Andrew and James and John got up and they saw the gathering at the door, they thought, Lord, have mercy. Look at all these people. They've come back to see Jesus. They went out looking for Jesus. They found him praying and they said, Jesus, all men seek for thee. We got to go back down here to the house. Got to go back to the clinic. All these people want to hear you. All these people want to see you. They want to be healed by you. Jesus said, let us go to the next towns that I may preach there also. In other words, he said, I'm not going to be good if I went back there and healed those people, but that's not why I came. I didn't come for physical healings. I left heaven to seek and to save that which was lost. I came to make a difference in people eternity for eternity. I came to save souls, amen. And Jesus leaves that spot, takes with him his disciples. He goes from town to town to town. In fact, I want to read, would you, would you hold your place here in Mark 1? Don't lose it. And let's read what Luke has to say in chapter 5 about this text. In Luke chapter 5, we will do some parallel passage reading. In Luke chapter 5 in verse number 12, the Bible says, and it came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Do you see that Jesus was now in another city preaching the gospel? That's when a leper, that's when we see the leper. So number one, number one, we see the condition of leprosy. Now let's just talk about the diseased for just a minute about leprosy. Leprosy is the most fearsome disease of the ancient world. It's dreaded. It is a killer and it's incurable. Leprosy would result in certain slow death. It begins with a pain in a certain part of the body which soon leads to nerve damage. And then the leper has no feeling because of the nerve damage, and soon he becomes numb all over, and he can feel absolutely no pain. The leper will have a skin discoloration, which will turn into an open sore, which will turn into an oozing ulcer, and raw flesh and a foul, stenchous odor will be excreted. Bodily destruction starts. His eyebrows fall out. His hair falls out. His uh, eyelashes will disappear. His bones will shrivel up. His fingers will fall off of his hands and he'll, all he'll have is a nub on, on each hand. 
Uh, his toes will rot and fall off. He'll just have a foot with no toes. He is completely disfigured. Grossed out yet? One by one, his teeth begin to fall out. His voice is attacked, and all he can do is make a gravelly sound. Can you hear him as he sees Jesus said, If I will, thou canst make me clean. It destroys his eyes. It causes blindness. It attacks the ears, causes the lobes to fall off. It attacks the nose, causes it to break down. It attacks the inner organs and brings certain death. It is a horrible, loathsome disease resulting in a very slow, deteriorating death. You are dying in slow motion. And God chose this graphic illustration this disease of leprosy to describe to you your sin. What leprosy does to the body, sin does to the soul. Sin is leprosy of the soul. We may not see the effects of sin on your body, but God sees the effects of sin on your soul. Leprosy infects the whole person, so does sin. Leprosy runs deep to the core, not just on the surface of skin. It runs deep to the core of a person, so does sin. Leprosy is ugly. It's loathsome, so is sin. Leprosy contaminates and it spreads to others. It's very contagious, very infectious, so does sin. Leprosy defiles and results in death, so does sin. Leprosy results in a loss of feeling, so does sin. Leprosy is incurable by man, so is sin. Leprosy can only be cured by God, so is sin. There is no disease that more graphically portrays what leprosy is than, than the, what sin is to our soul. It brings damnation to our souls. The Jews believed that leprosy was given by God to those who are being punished or to those who are being smitten of God. They had to be isolated, and that's not true, but they had to be isolated. And they could not be around others unless they were lepers themselves. They were miserable outcasts. They could not go to the temple. They could not go to the synagogue. They could not go to the market. They could not go back and see their wife or their husband. They could not hug their children. They could not be in society or in the city. They had to warn other people if they was about to make any contact. Y'all ready? Unclean! Unclean! So the crowds and the multitudes would move away if they got around them by accident. People would actually pick up rocks and throw at them to try to drive them away. A leper is despised. A leper is destitute. He can only beg. Nobody hires a leper. He can't hold a job. He's the loneliest of all people. I say that leprosy is deadness. It's incurable. They had to wear garments of death even about their very own face. And leprosy, listen to this, leprosy renders everything about the body and the garments for the fire. So does sin render the soul ready for the fires of hell. These lepers have a, mm, have a painless 
Hell on earth. Luke 5, I read it to you, verse 12. This man was full of leprosy. Full of leprosy. And Jesus, I'm getting ahead of myself, but Jesus did the unthinkable and one touch from the master immediately, instantly, completely, wholly cured this man right on the spot. When I came to Jesus, I was a leper in my soul, unclean, unworthy, undeserving. And when I asked him to touch me, he did the unthinkable. And one touch from the master forgave my sins and saved my soul. And I get too excited. And made me to become a brand new creature. Has the Lord touched your life? Has he extended grace to you? Maybe you're here tonight and you've got messed up again. I'm not saying you've lost your salvation, but I'm telling you, you need a fresh touch. That is number one, the condition of leprosy. Number two, now we're going back to Mark. Don't lose your place in Luke. Uh, I kind of fold my pages over like this sometimes if I need to. Let's go back to Mark and let's read what Mark says. Number two, about the coming of the leper. Verse 40 says, and there came a leper to him. Now I read to you in Luke chapter 5, the Bible said, mm, let's look at it again, verse 12, and it came to pass when he was in a certain city. Jesus is inside the city. He is surrounded. Matthew's gospel says there are multitudes following him. Matthew chapter 8, you can get that ready. We're going to be going there in a minute. And there are multitudes following him. And the leper, listen to this, the leper did that which was forbidden. He's supposed to be outside the city walls. But he thought, if I stay here, I'm going to die and go to hell. And he did the unthinkable. And he entered the city walls. And I believe he heard about Jesus. And he began to go and search him out. And the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He left the confines and the restrictions and what the law said, he defied the law to get to where Jesus was. I believe when he heard that Jesus had come to his city, hope leaped up in his heart. Now I want to use this illustration. When I was a boy and I first heard Brother Percy preach and I fell under conviction, he was preaching, I believe it was at East Flat Rock First Baptist Church. The first time I heard him, the first time I went under conviction. And I listened to him a number of days. And man, I was dying and going to hell. And it was unreal. And I didn't get saved like I needed to. I was in bad shape. And I'll tell you something. When my daddy said, next week, son, we're going to go hear him at Balfour. Hope leaped up in my heart. Because I never heard a preacher that preached with a power of God on him like that. And man, God was connecting me to him for some reason. And I, hope leaped up in my heart. And at the other side, my flesh said, you don't want to go there. Avoid that meeting at all costs. He already under conviction. You already found out you're going to hell, son. You might as well stay at the house and wing it the rest of the way. But my daddy got me to the gospel, the preaching of the word of God, and I got saved. Thank God for it, amen. Now, this leper... He had resolve. He, he, listen, you know what you've got to do? You have got to leave the multitudes 
and you've got to not worry about the crowd if you have to fight through them. You've got to get to where you don't care what everybody else thinks. The only one you care about is what Jesus thinks. That's what you've got to be resolved to do. We had to, I had to do that that night about four, 350 people there. But I had to get resolved that I didn't care what they thought. I was going to get saved. I didn't care how they looked at me. I was going to get saved. And if I have to crawl on my hands and knees, I was going to get saved, amen. Now, his reverence, let's, let's go ahead and turn to Matthew's gospel. Matthew chapter 8. Let's just talk about his reverence. Matthew chapter 8. The Bible says in verse 1, Jesus, now when he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. I can just see he's coming down the mountain. He's entered into the city. And as he does, the Bible says, Behold, there came a leper. Here he comes. Here comes the leper doing the unthinkable, doing the, doing the, uh, the defiance of the law. Read what the Bible says. He worshiped him. Wasn't even saved yet. Saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Mark didn't mention that. Luke didn't mention that. But Matthew did. Matthew always presents Jesus Christ as king of kings. And when this leopard came, the Bible says he called him Lord. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This man called upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says that he worshipped him. We read, just hold your place here in Matthew. Well, we read back there in Mark that he knelt down to him. We can read over in Luke that this man fell on his face. He has cast himself, the Bible says, at Jesus' feet. He cast himself. He prostrated himself before Jesus. He said, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Do you see the reverence? How did you bow before the Lord as a sinner? Did you reverence him? Did you kneel to him? Did you get on your face before him? When he says, if thou wilt, here's what he's saying. Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. If you, will, if, if you will, I know you can. I know you have the authority. Here's what the leper said, I believe. I believe. I believe Jesus has the power to save my soul. I believe Jesus has the power to cure my leprosy. Do you believe that tonight? I believe Jesus has all authority to do, bless God, whatever he wants to do. The leper knows he's unworthy. And the leper knows Jesus has the right to refuse him. This leper, this way saying, I have no rights. These nowadays sinners, man, I'm telling you, they've got so much stinking pride. And even when sinners come, they're so doggone prideful, they come like they deserve it. Sinners today are too proud to beg. This man came as a hog gut sinner. This man came as a leper. This man realized who he was, his undeservedness, his unworthiness, and he recognized the Lord as being the Son of God, and he believed Jesus could do all things. Honey, we've got to get back to that. We are not entitled to anything. I have no rights whatsoever. I am a servant of Jesus Christ, and my will is to do his will. Hey, that's what we've got to get to, youngins. He's saying, Lord, you have the power, you have the authority, and I'm not demanding anything from you. As sinners, 
we've got to get back to the point that we humble ourselves and we're willing to admit, willing to acknowledge our sin. Number three, I'm seeing the compassion of the Lord in Mark Chapter 1, verse 41, preacher Darren, I'm so confused. You got me in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and I'm trying to keep up with you. I'm going crazy, man. Go back to Mark's gospel. Chapter 1, verse number 41, see the compassion of the Lord. Here this leper is in this terrible, deathly, foul condition, pouring his heart out saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean, if you will, Lord. If you'd just have mercy on me, if you'd just look my way, if you'd just help me, Lord, I believe you could do it for me. Look at Jesus' response. He was moved with compassion and he put forth his hand and touched him and said unto him, I will be thou clean. I thought about something. The Lord did not respond like everybody else did. Can you see that leper as he leaves the city, outside of the city gate, and starts walking through all the social crowds, screaming, unclean, unclean. Imagine, just for a second, this contagious, vile, loathsome disease. Imagine if tonight someone with active COVID <coughs> came into your midst tonight. What do you think you'd do? You put on a mask? You'd be moving to the other side of the room? You'd be like, get away from them, get away from them, they shouldn't be here. Don't y'all act so dignified. You know I'm telling it right. You know the fear that shrieks up in your system if somebody's got COVID. And leprosy is so much more loathsome and horrible than COVID ever thought about being. Much more contagious. And can you imagine as the leper says, unclean, unclean. Don't you know people's taking 10 or 15 steps back, getting out of his way? Just let him go on through, boys. Y'all get back. Clear the way. Leper coming through. Get out of the way. Leper coming through. And everybody else is diving away from him. And when he gets to Jesus, he falls down on his knees. He gets down on his face. Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Jesus was not repulsed. Jesus was not repelled by, he's not repelled by COVID. And he's, thank God for it, because when I had it, he came by where I was in the middle of the night, and he laid his hand on me and brought healing to me, honey. I can take you to the spot I was. My back rolled up to the, to the, to the rest of my house, and my face rolled to the wall. And I know the Lord came by and laid his hand on me and brought healing. You may say, Preacher Darren, you're a nut. Well, I'm still alive, ain't I? And I'm telling you, the Lord Jesus Christ, my Bible says, that he looks beyond this guy's faults, he saw his needs. Compassion means he felt it from the innermost part, the core of his very being. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him. And you know what everybody thought? Oh, no! Jesus is unclean now. Jesus has touched a leper. Oh, no! What are we going to do? Rather than pull back, Jesus reached out. I might preach there for a minute. How many times have I come before the throne of God a disappointment, living in despair of sin? And when I came to him, he didn't withdraw himself. 
he reached out. <laughs> he reached down further than I can reach up. Amen. And he touched me and he saved me and he redeemed me and made me a child of the Most High God. I am a son, a child adopted. The Lamb of God, praise his name. I wonder, I had a question. When was the last time another human being reached out and touched this man. Jesus could have just spoken the word and the man would have been rightly healed in that place. But Jesus purposefully, listen, the word touched here is a word that means he gripped him intentionally. He held him. He didn't just say, be healed. He laid his hands on them. They stuck there like glue. He gripped him. He's not afraid of the leprosy. He's not afraid of the disease. He's not scared of the sins. The sinless Son of God bore our sins on Calvary's hill that we might be redeemed. I better calm down. I'm going to lose my voice. But I'm telling you, Jesus says here in the book of Mark, boy, I like what he says. When he touched him, he, he, he said, I will. You know what that means? I am willing. I certainly will. Like they say at Chick-fil-A, my pleasure. <laughs> I will be thou clean. May I just say tonight that Jesus, what this means is he's perpetually, continually, he, he's always willing to lay his hand upon us as our shepherd. Now I went through the scripture. I won't make you turn there, but you can see in verse 31 how he laid his hand upon Simon Peter's mother-in-law when she had that delirious fever. I'm thinking about Jairus' daughter, chapter 5, verse 41, how that Jesus came to her. She was unclean. If he touches her, he would be considered unclean. He grabbed her by the hand. He said, Talitha kumai, which being interpreted is damsel, I say unto thee, arise, and lifted her up, praise God, and she ministered. In chapter 6, verse, verse 5, he laid his hands on the sick folk. In chapter 7, verse 33, listen, oh, you got, no, no, no. Mark chapter 7, you got to see this. Mark, you, right now, about grossed you out already. I just want you to understand how gross you really are. When you're grossed out, and I'm talking about some leper, you're thinking, man, he's gross. I was talking about you. I was talking about my sin and your sin. That, that's how gross and how wicked and how loathsome you and I really are. We don't want to hear about it, but it's the truth. In Mark chapter 7, what verse did I say? Verse 33, no, verse 31, read it. Again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came into the sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of Decapolis, and they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they beseech him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers into his ears. We better be good, son. <laughs> and then he spit and touched his tongue. Stick your tongue out there, boy. <laughs> Gross, preacher Darren. He spit and touched his tongue. You see, your spit is your DNA. 
That's the essence, the fiber of who you really are. He's God. This man that was deaf and dumb, he couldn't hear it, he couldn't speak. Jesus said, boop, I've opened your ears. I'm going to spit on you, put my DNA on you. Now he began to loose his string of speech. The man could hear and begin to talk plainly and begin to give witness that Jesus is the Son of God. That's what he did for me. Eyes deaf and dumb. Hey, man, he opened my ears where I could hear the gospel. He, laid his, he spit, laid his hand upon my tongue, and now he's let me stand in the house of God and praise his holy name and holler glory, hallelujah. Blessed be the Lamb of God. I got Go back with me to the text. What is the result? Go back with me to the text. Mark chapter number one. Even I'm getting confused. Mark chapter one, verse 42. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. Can you hear the gasp of, I want everybody to do this together on three. Everybody's gonna go, one, two, three. That's good. This man has tears streaming down his distorted face. And Jesus touched and spoke to the leper. And immediately his face, his eyes, his nose, his lips are no longer disfigured. His voice completely returns and he can say, I am clean. I am forgiven. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. His fingers are restored to the nub he once called hand. His toes are back on his feet. They're no longer stumps. His flesh is no longer white and scaly. His hair has returned to its original color of his youth. He is healed immediately just one touch of the master. Well, preacher Darren, what happened to it? I mean, is Jesus unclean because he touched a defiled leper? Well, I'll give you something even more amazing. I'm going to blow your mind, man. Jesus laid his hand on you and me and forgave our sin and made us a brand new creature. Now get this. Jesus took up residence inside you My body's still a sinful body, but the Lord Jesus Christ lives inside my soul. (laughs) Woo, he's took up residence with us. Thanks be unto God. He's done more than just touch me. He lives in me. Thank God. Back to Mark, number four, and I'm done. You'll say, thank you, Jesus. I see the command of the life giver. He charged the man and he sent him away. He said, verse 44, I don't want you to say say anything to any man. In other words, if you go out and blaze a trail with this, what's going to happen is people are going to start following me for the wrong reason. I don't need a, boy, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but I don't need a sideshow of a healing ministry. Not why he came. He didn't leave heaven to heal everybody of their cancers and of their stomach ailments and their eye diseases. That's not why he came. 
He came to seek and to save and to save our souls. And he said, if you go out and tell this, you're going to bring a multitude into this new city I'm preaching in and they're going to come in for this physical healing. They're not going to see the spiritual healing you, already, you also got. You also, let me say it right, you also received. Right? You and I, we've received a spiritual healing. Now, he doesn't want to be mobbed for the miracles. He doesn't need miracle mania to spread. But he says, I want you, in verse 44, I want you to silence yourself before the people, but I want you to show yourself to the priest. Hey, he's supposed to go to the priest and show himself, and he's to make the correct offering that Moses commanded. I looked this up. We won't turn to it. But Leviticus 14 says that this man, this leper that's been cleansed, is to come in and tell the priest, you remember me? I'm the leper. I've been cleansed. And it's only curable by God. And he said it's for a testimony to them. They need to see that I have done a work in your life. And he brings the correct offering. He brings two birds, two birds. One bird is to be slain. The other, blood, the other bird will be dipped in the slain bird's blood and set free. It is a picture of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ shedding his blood that we might be set free. It is a picture of the leper who's had the blood applied to his life, his sins forgiven, and now he's, boy, thank you, he's made free to worship. I'm free to worship, free to lift up my hands. Amen. You and I are free to worship. I don't know why we don't do it, but we're free to do it. Amen. The Bible also says in Leviticus 14 that after they watch him for seven days, he makes his offering. Then they're to go get the blood of a lamb that's sacrificed, blood of a lamb. And they're to put blood on his ear, right ear, on his left thumb, and on his left big toe. May I just say when he was a leper, he didn't have a right ear. When he was a leper, he didn't have a right thumb. Thank you, Lord. When he was a leper, he didn't have a big toe on his right foot. All he had was just some old scars and disfigurement. But now that he's been made whole, the Lord has given back these things, and now he can be anointed with the blood. And after he's anointed with the blood, they would go and take the oil, and the oil would be put on his right ear, his right thumb, and his right big toe. You see, you always need to be saved by the blood before you get the oil of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So this man, before he could even get to the priest and do what's necessary, he began to publish it. He began to blaze it abroad. He got on Facebook and he got on, no, there wasn't Facebook. He got on Instagram. No, there wasn't Instagram. He got on Snapchat. No, no, no. He old school, old fashioned, went and told everybody what Jesus had done for him. It was direct disobedience. Because what happened, they began to mob him and Jesus could no longer preach in the city. The Bible says that he had to go back out to the desert places and people would have to come to him in the desert places from every quarter of the region of Galilee because this man that's just been saved, because this man that's just been cleansed, because this man has just become disobedient. Well, preacher, I don't understand why they can't tell. Well, he told the demons not to tell because he doesn't need demons to be his evangelists. He's got us. 
And he's telling us at that point in time not to tell until he's gone to the cross and shed his blood, gave his life, was buried and raised again because that's why he came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's exactly why Jesus came. Now, let me just, let me just ask you this question and I'm going to be done, okay? Are you in a hopeless, seemingly dead situation? I know you're saved. Thank God for it. But you, you're in, your family's in, there's a situation right now that seems hopeless. It is almost as if it's dead to you. You are ready to dig the grave for this situation. It's over. I'm going to put the body in it. We're going to cover it up, get rid of the stitch of this thing because it's too late for me. I'm going to ask you, do you still have any faith? You had faith to come to Jesus with your soul and he made you a new creature and forgave you. Do you have faith to bring this dead, hopeless situation to him and say, Lord, here I come as a leper. I don't have any rights. I can't come down here and demand, Lord, you owe me this. God, you ought to do this for me. I'm a pretty good fella. You're not coming down here to make any demands. You're not coming down here to say, I have the right. I'm just, no. You're coming to say, Lord, I'm that old leper back yonder that was so disfigured and defiled by sin. I was dead in trespasses and sins. And you touched me. And Lord, that touch changed my life. And I'm here because I'm encouraged that the situation I'm in, that I really need to change. I can't change it, but I believe you can. Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make this situation have life again. And Lord, I'm committed to you because I've tried and I cannot change it. And all I want is one touch of the master. If you just take the time, Lord, just to take your sweet hand and lay it upon my shoulder, upon the back of my head, Lord, I'm in need of one of them touches the preacher was talking about. Lord, would you breathe life into my situation? You stand to your feet. His touch is like no other touch. Honestly, I can tell at home, you know, my wife, her touch, and she touched my back or my shoulders, and I can get out and I can get out amongst people and I can feel when she touches me, she touches me like nobody else. And I'll tell you something. Jesus' touch is so much greater. He'll touch your life, he'll touch you like nobody else ever could or will. Seth, I want you to come. I wonder if they somebody not say, Preacher Darren. I need a touch from the man. I wish somebody would come and say, Preacher Darren, ask us to pray for our church. This entire church needs the master's touch. I wish somebody would come and say, if you don't have anything else to pray for, you come pray for me. 
You say, preacher, God give the preacher the master's touch. God give our church the master's touch. God give our youth the master's touch. God give our marriages the master's touch. God give these women that want to have children the master's touch. God give these widows and widowers the master's touch. God give our financial situation the master's touch. Oh, tonight I believe God's speaking to somebody. Father, I love you. And I praise you. And Lord, I think about how you've touched me. Or and or and or. And Lord, here I am yet again. God, there's a concern. There's a worry. There's a burden. There's a need. There's a request. And Lord, I kneel. Lord, I lower my face to the ground. And I say, Lord, you're my Lord. You're Lord of Lords. King of Kings my master, my savior. And I say, Lord, if thou wilt, if it's pleasing to you, if it's your will for it to be so, Lord, I know you can touch this situation. God, you can cause it to thrive. You can cause it to live. You can cause it to find favor. You can cause it to be blessed. Lord, I'm asking for your touch. Lord, I'm seeking your face. Lord, there's sinners affiliated with our church family that need to be saved. God, would you touch them? Lord, there's wombs that need to be opened and there's marriages that need to be encouraged and caused to live. And God, there's widowers and widows, God, that need help. And there's struggles, God, real struggles, God. People so discouraged and despondent God, tonight, there's, I'm talking about somebody, Lord, I'm praying for that's depressed. And God, if you don't change it, they're going to go out of their minds. Lord, just one touch is all that's needed upon us that's loathsome and unworthy and undeserving. And we ask your help tonight, Jesus. And we pray this under the power of the blood in Jesus Christ's name. Amen and amen.